yeah. How many of you think that's pretty cool? So there's, uh, amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just want to encourage you, if you're struggling or feeling pain in any of those areas, latch on to that testimony. Just receive healing right now in Jesus' name because he does it so that he can tell others about it and he can do it again. He wants us to be free and whole and healed and experience the life that he has for us. And that was a great commercial. We're having sign-ups for life groups after service today. And if, uh, if you want to sign up for the, the group that actually goes out and does that stuff, you need to see Rich right after service. Wave at us, Rich. That was pretty awesome, man. Thank you guys for just laying down your lives and going out to where people are and just uh, believing for Jesus to move and touch them. So uh, thanks guys for being here, just worshiping with us today. It's always good to be in God's presence. It's always a great day to worship. And I, I thought about that and people are like, you say that every week. It's always a great day to worship. That's because I would say it every day if you ask me. It's always a great day to worship, not just on Sundays when we gather, although that's cool and exciting for being together, but every day is a good day to worship him. Uh, if you were here last week, we started a new series series called Do You See What I See? And I, I told you not to think about the Christmas time song. But this week as I was getting ready, that's what kept popping into my head was the Do You See What I See song. And did you ever actually stop to listen to that song? That whole song starts out with said the night wind to the shepherd or to the little lamb. The wind is talking to a sheep. Does this song seem weird to anybody else, or is it just me? So, so the wind is talking to the sheep, and then it says the, the little lamb goes and talks to the shepherd. There's a talking sheep in this story, and he goes to the shepherd and says, do you want to know what the wind told me? Do we think about these things, or do we just sing them at Christmas time? I don't know. That's why I said don't think about this song when I'm talking about this. And uh, come on, the, I just got one more. The whole song ends with, a child, a child, shivers in the cold. What's your response to that? What are you going to do about that? What, and the song says, let us bring him silver and gold. Is that so he can buy a blanket? So he can get some soup? Like, that's not the answer for the little baby shivering in the cold. Take him home, wrap him in a blanket, give him some food. I don't know. So anyway, that's why I said, don't think about do you see what I see for the Christmas song. We're talking about vision because vision helps us move forward in life. There's something about seeing a place where we're going helps us to get there. And so God wants us to have vision for our lives. And we started talking about the church vision last week uh, because we all have a part to play in that. There's something that Jesus wants to do in this place that he's made each one of us a part of it. And uh, just to remind us, uh, our vision here at New Life, uh, the reason we exist is to help people in the southwest area of Pittsburgh encounter Jesus, grow in their faith, and give it away. And you'll see the words encounter, grow, and give all over the sanctuary, all over the church building. Uh, and it says Pittsburgh in there, but apparently Russia and Serbia also I have, a, I have a story. I don't know how we did this or what triggered it, uh, but the last time we had a multi-church service in this room, uh, we posted the video from it on YouTube, and our normal service videos get maybe 25 to 50 views during the week of people watching to catch up with what's going on. The video from that multi-church service got like 9,100 views. And I have no idea what like, made it do that or made it take off or go viral like that, but we started getting comments in Russian. And I'm thinking, oh, this is like I had to pull out my phone. I, I got out Google Translate and held it up to the screen to see what it was saying. I'm like, this is some spam or like this Autobot just making comments. And these were comments in Russian that said, 
man, praise God for the unity of the churches. And what you did in this service blessed me so much. And I was in awe of what God was doing. So they were like real people halfway across the globe that were actually watching and, and encountering Jesus through what we did in this place. So I thought that was pretty amazing that uh, the reach of, come on, that's the power of churches being in unity and coming together. God breathed on it somehow and it, it went across the world. Uh, so last week we specifically talked about encountering Jesus. And we use that word in our mission statement because it refers to having a face-to-face meeting with Jesus. We're creating an atmosphere where we can come and see him face-to-face and encounter him because it's about developing a relationship with him, not just coming and doing our duty. And so this week, I want to focus on what it means to grow in our faith. So we're going to grow in our faith. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to grow in my faith. Man, thank you for saying that to your neighbor, whether you believed it or not. Like, I'm going to do what Pastor Chris says. So before you get too worked up, I know faith is the Greek word pistis, and it simply means to believe. It's belief that awakens in us, and you're thinking, how can I grow in, in my belief? I either believe or I don't. How does, how does that grow? I do think you can grow into a deeper place of belief with Jesus, and he becomes more real to you. Uh, but before you get worked up about it, I want to simply say today, when I'm talking about growing in our faith as a church member is what we want to do, I'm referring to how well we know Jesus and how much of his character and his nature is seen in us. That, that outworking of our faith that comes alive, the moment we receive him, that we know he's alive and he's real, uh, your faith is actually his faith. Come on, it's a gift that he gives to us that we believe in. It gets awakened in us. But we can grow in that because every single day we see more and more of his nature and his character coming out in us. And uh, as you were growing up, have you, did you ever remember going through a growth spurt? Or you just woke up one morning and you were the size you are now? That would be pretty awkward for your mom if that happened all at once. Um, what do you remember about that? Do you remember growing pains? I've met some people that they physically had literal pains that happened in their body as they grew up because there were bones that were growing faster than other parts of their body. Uh, do you remember the awkwardness of the growing pain seasons? Do you remember having to buy new clothes because you grew out of them so quick? I remember my mom talking about, man, we just got you those tennis shoes like a month ago and you already need them because your feet are this much longer. In fact, that was a joke. I remember my dad talking and he said, we can see Chris before he comes in the room because his feet come around the corner first. Like, it's like, dad, I'm, I'm thinking about that now. I'm like, that wasn't very nice to say, but that was the joke in our house because you're going through growing spurts and, and things happen. Sometimes it, it happens over slow periods of time. Sometimes it happens in a rush that growth comes in, it accelerates our walk. And uh, that's very much like the Christian life, that sometimes growth happens slowly over a long period of time. Sometimes it comes in quick bursts that Jesus really says, hey, I'm putting my finger right on that. I want to help you in that area. And uh, as I was thinking about growth spurts and the stages we go through, I saw a couple things uh, this week that reminded me we could use these. Uh, replace, this is one quote I saw. They said, anytime something goes wrong in your life, just replace the word mistake with growth spurt. And see how that goes for you. you. Hey, your boss says, how could you have messed that up this week? Oh, it was a growth spurt. I'm just learning about what's going on in our job. I, I really learned something new this week. Uh, I, I saw this other quote, and, and it really, I took it to heart. According to the BMI chart, how many of you hate the BMI chart, your body mass index? <laughs> and it, it's always, I don't know who they're using for this chart, but it must be these real tiny people that live somewhere else. But it says, according to the BMI chart, I'm due for a major growth spurt anytime now. I, I am not the right height for my weight, and it must, it's not the weight's problem. I must need to grow like four inches. 
So our bodies are genetically wired. They're pre-wired to mature and to grow. There's something about just being alive that your body will mature and grow. And this is a good thing. We, we want to mature. We want to grow. If we don't want to grow and mature or if we resist it. How many of you know there are ways you can resist even your physical body growing and maturing? If you've ever seen other countries where they used to bind women's feet to keep them smaller. There's different ways that you could actually resist the growth process that's going to happen. If, if we're resisting it, there's a problem. And it's the same in our relationship with Jesus. We were made to grow and mature. There is something about our walk with him that it's just natural. It's going to happen if we let it. We will grow and mature as we walk with him. And we also could resist it and not grow and mature. And that creates a problem in our lives. Uh, we are made to grow. Here's a verse for you in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 9. It says, those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. If you believe in Jesus, you have been born into God's family. How many of you have ever heard the phrase born again? And it, how many of you have ever seen like a place where it gets a bad rap? Or, or people take it out of context. They're like, oh, you're one of those born-again Christians. Anybody ever say that to you? I hate to tell you, but there is no other kind. If, if you're a Christian, you've been born again. Just like we are born in the natural as we're children, we come into this world. When we believe in Jesus, we get born spiritually. We are born again. That's what it means to be a Christian. And it describes what happens when we believe. There is a leaving behind of sin that happens in our lives when we get born again. When we come into this place of faith, it says we've been born into God's family, and it happens. We can leave, according to that verse, we can leave sin behind because God's life is in us. And some translations, if you have a, a, a version that says God's seed remains in us. This, how many kids we have in the room today? I've got to check what I'm saying. So, so the Greek word for God's seed remains in us, or his life remains in us, is the Greek word sperma, which literally means there's, there's spiritual DNA, there's spiritual genetic material from God that has been implanted into our lives. And just like your natural DNA causes you to grow up, how many of you are disappointed that you're going to grow up to look like your dad or your mom? Hope, I hope not. But that's, that's natural. That's what happens because their DNA is inside of us. You are going to grow up to look like your dad. Thank God, though, that is a truth in the spirit walk that we have with Jesus. As we are Christians, don't get weirded out by saying the spirit walk. I'm just talking about our walk with God, our faith, our, our Christianity that we're living out. As you live out your Christianity, your natural destiny is you are going to grow up to look like your dad. Thank God that Father God put his life in us and that we are going to grow to look like him. We have his DNA in us. Some of us, some of us actually go, where is that statement that says you're going to grow up to look like your dad? Some of us need to declare that over our lives. I, I don't know. Some of us were, were wondering, oh, I, I'm not making any progress. What am I supposed to look like as a Christian? Where am I supposed to grow? Some of us need to remind ourselves of that. We just need to wake up every morning and say, I am destined to look like the Father. I'm going to look just like Jesus in this world because his seed, his life remains in me, and he's working on me, with me, and through me to cause me to be fashioned and formed into his very image and nature. Resisting that can cause problems in our lives. 
and cause damage to us physically, spiritually, emotionally, damage to our relationships, we need to go and say, Lord Jesus, I'm cooperating with this growth. Your nature's in me, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to look just like you. And uh, I will tell you, before you start feeling condemned about it, here's a little secret. Jesus loves you whether you ever grow or not. We, we, can, we can say, I believe, and never take another step towards him, and it doesn't change how much he loves us. That, that should be freeing to us in some aspects. And now it's, it's God's best plan is for us to grow and to be formed and fashioned to his image, but it doesn't change how much he loves you to sit down and say, I'm not taking another step. Amen, Pastor Chris. Thank you for reminding us of that. We just, if we choose not to grow, if we resist it, we just miss out on so much. There is a life that he has promised to us that he wants us to have. So we're supposed to grow. So how do we practically grow in our faith? I just wanted to share a couple quick thoughts with you today. Uh, The first thing that I think about, how do we practically grow in our faith? Because maybe I should ask, are we in the right room? Who wants to grow? All right. That was like almost 90%. So... I'll take that. We want to grow because we are Jesus followers. We love him. We want to be just like him. So how do we practically grow it? These may not be rocket science for you, but the number one thing that I thought of this week is we need to be lifelong learners. Some some of us, thank you for that. That was a very good yes. Somebody was on board with me, and they're in my family. So that's, that's a good one. Some of us leave school, and we think we never have to read another book, or we never have to learn anything else. Oh, some of us went to Sunday school as kids, and we think that's all there is. I learned everything there is to know about God, and now I'm done. It's not, this may not sound very spiritual, but this is true. We have to be lifelong learners. The Bible talks about continually renewing our minds, talks about thoughts that we need to take captive. It talks about the battle being right here between our ears. That sounds to me like we need to continually learn things and renew our minds and be on board with what Jesus wants to teach us. There is something about being teachable in the kingdom that makes us good Christians. Learning is what changes and expands, it renews our minds, and the devil would love to stop that. If you haven't read a book since high school, 2021 is a year of change. That's what God said to our church. So that means, hey, if change is happening, something that I used to do will look different this year. And so that's, I don't want to, I'm trying not to to step on toes or to be uh, condemning about it, but if you haven't read a book in a long time, it's a good season to pick one up and crack it open and start again. Or maybe paper books aren't your thing. Download Kindle or something like that on your device and begin to read something again to, to let Jesus start to work on your mind, renew your mind, and be a lifelong learner. If we are, I saw this quote this week, so I'll just throw this out there. If we're unwilling to learn, No one can help us. But if you're determined to learn, no one can stop you. And I I think that's true of our Christian walk. If I'm unwilling to learn, there's there's nothing we could do to help you. You're going to sit in that same place, being loved by Jesus, not changing how much he loves you, but you might be hard to be around if we choose not to learn. But if we're willing and determined to learn, nobody can stop you. you. You can go as far with Jesus as you want to go. 
Uh, Philippians 4.11 says this. Uh, the Apostle Paul's writing to the church in Philippi. He says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. How many of you know that's the Apostle Paul, and he's still talking about I'm learning things. He wrote this letter to the church in Philippi about 30 years after he had his conversion experience on the road to Damascus. And 30 years later, he's still telling the churches that he's the apostle. He's the one that planted them. He's overseeing them. He's still telling them, look what I'm learning. Jesus is teaching me these lessons all the time. How many of you know to be in need and to have plenty didn't happen in one day? Paul went through seasons in his life where he learned things because he experienced them. He walked with Jesus the whole time. He saw what God wanted to do in his life. It didn't happen in the same week. He learned over time how to be content in all circumstances. When's the last time that we were actually looking to learn something new about our faith? Do we ever get to the point where we think, oh, I've got this whole faith thing figured out. I know all about church, Jesus, the Bible, all that. We need to stay in this place, Lord Show me who you are. I want to know you more. I I see a lot of things in life. I don't don't know how this works for you, but a lot of experiences I have, a lot of the stories I see, I have a Jesus filter and a Bible filter that I look through things in life at. And And I see them, I try to see them, how Jesus would see them or how he would interact with them or what does the Bible say about them and what would go on in that circumstance according to the Bible. And I'm continually learning and sharpening that vision of who Jesus is. Some, sometimes I'll tell you, I periodically run my Jesus filter through my Bible filter so that I, I'm thinking and seeing him correctly and knowing who he is. So I'll just throw that out there for you guys. I don't know how it works in your life, but I know that we need to stay postured in a place of, I want to learn what you have for me, Jesus. Uh, that is a practical way to grow. It, again, it may not be rocket science. It may not be the most spiritual thing that you hear today even, but it will help us to grow to be more like him and grow in our faith. Uh, another one that maybe is not rocket science is practice Christian habits. We're, we're looking for these deep spiritual truths of how to grow in our faith, and I'll tell you, this is one of them. And, and you're sitting there thinking, I knew it! You come to church every week, and, and you're just coming come to church so that you can tell me to read my Bible, pray, and worship more. <laughs> boring. I mean, if you think it's boring to do Christian disciplines, you're doing them wrong. There, there are times and seasons, maybe if you're in a dry season in life or you're walking through a hard time, there are times where it may be, I'm just doing this because I know it's the right thing to do. But there should be times in the Christian habits and the disciplines that we do that are life-giving encounters with Jesus. Man, when I worship, I come away being refreshed. When, when I read the Bible today, I, I didn't get three verses into what I wanted to read today and Jesus was there and jumped off the page and we had a meeting together. There should be, not, not every prayer experience is going to be the, tr- the transfiguration, you know, where, where Jesus starts glowing and Moses and Elijah appear. Not everyone is going to be like that. I know that. But there are times when it should come away like, man, when I took some time to pray today, you won't believe what happened in my life. I felt the peace of God wash over me. I felt courage to, to take on the day. Whatever it is, if we're not getting life out of Christian disciplines, we're doing them the wrong way. If we're doing them just to check off a, a list for religious duty, they will be boring. 
And I almost, I almost hate to admit that because I'm not up here telling you, stop reading the Bible and stop praying. I want us to do those things. But if we're doing them for the wrong motives, just to say, hey, I did this today, then, then they will be kind of boring and they won't be life-giving. So we need to stay in a place. Let's do some things with some intentionality. When we sit down to pray or when we, when we read our Bible, let's lean in. Let's listen for God's voice. Let's look for him in those places. Let's apply the things that he shows us in those moments. Here's a verse for you in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. It says, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. This verse contains a key to growing, and it grows us into a full experience of salvation. How many of you like to get what you pay for? How many, how many of you want the full experience of what you signed up for? This, there is a full experience that we can't settle for partial we can't settle for maybe it's the only after I die part. Maybe that's all we've ever heard about Christianity, and there's more. We need to grow into the full experience of salvation. Uh, I was thinking this would be like, hey, I, I paid for 150 channels, but my TV's only showing me 20. Would you get upset about that? Come on, I know how much we're paying for cable in this room, or how many cable cutters? Anybody done other things where you're not, yeah. Freedom from the cable company. That's awesome. But it's the same thing. We're thinking, I paid for this, and I'm only getting this. We would get upset. We would call. We would email. We would complain. We would write letters. Whatever you would do to let people know, you're not giving me the full experience of what I signed up for. We don't get that upset for some reason when we're, when we're living Christian lives that are less than what he has for us. We should desire and want the full experience of salvation, and it comes through purposing to grow. He says, crave pure spiritual milk. And he's literally talking about God's word. He's, he's specifically, if you study that out, he's talking about the pure, simple truth of the gospel. How many times have we gone back to read the Bible just to grab simple truths? Just to say, Jesus, I want, to, I want to meditate on what did you do for me? How does salvation work? How did you plant those seeds of your life in me? When's the last time we just read through the Bible to say, I want to look at it in the simple black and white words that are written there and do those truths and grab hold of them for my life? And he says, that's craving pure spiritual milk that will cause us to grow. Come on, there really is something to the Christian walk about being childlike. We, we think it has to be complicated. We think, oh, it's got to be this diagram and these flow charts, and it has, there has to be more to it, and it really comes back to simple belief and wanting to know him more and more every day. Everybody has different ways that we grow and engage with God as people and, and walking out our faith, and those are just a couple. Be lifelong learners, do Christian disciplines, habits, whatever you want to call them. There's more. There's, there's things that we could do to grow that are related to serving and gathering together, all those things. Find what works for you and begin to do those things because we want to grow. Uh, one last thought that I wanted to share with you, though, is why do we want that? Why do we want individual people to grow in their faith? Why do I want us to have a deeper walk with Jesus? Why do I want us to know him more? Because I want, and I hope we want, the church to grow also. Because when we grow together, we expand our ability to help people encounter Jesus, to reach the world. Individual growth actually helps 
corporate growth. Can I say it that way? The things that we do in our lives to grow in our individual walk with Jesus actually helps the rest of the people sitting in this room and watching online. That's pretty cool. What we do in our lives affects others. Um, and I had one story. What I, I truly believe what Jesus wants done in the earth today can't happen just through me. There is something that his church needs to be involved in doing. And the church, and I'm not just talking about New Life Fellowship, the church at large grows when we grow as individual Christians. Uh, here's, a, here's one last story for the day that illustrates this. Uh, so the, the first king of Israel was a guy named Saul. How many of you have ever read about Saul in the Bible before? Uh, he was king. They picked him out of the crowd. He was head and shoulders. He looked good on the outside. Uh, the Israelites came to God. They said, hey, we don't want just teachers and judges. We want a king, just like all the other countries. And God was like, okay, if that's what you want, that's what you're going to get. So Saul was king. And when Saul first came to power, the Israelites were being oppressed. They weren't the nation that was ruling and conquering everybody else. They were being oppressed by the Philistines. And the other countries were taking tribute from them. They were plundering them. And in fact, uh, if you read scripture in 1 Samuel, where we're going to look, it says there were no blacksmiths in Israel. Because the Philistines were like, hey, if we, if we let you have blacksmiths, you'll make swords and you'll fight us. And so that was how much power they had over the country at this time. We said, we're not even going to let you guys have a way to make weapons. And this is what it says in 1 Samuel 13, verse 22. Uh, on, and so they, they came out. The, the Philistines were camped in the field. Saul and all his men were on the other side of the field. And it says in verse 22 of chapter 13, On the day of battle, none of the people of Israel had a sword or spear except for Saul and Jonathan. Think about that for a second. Talk about a need for growth. This whole army, this whole nation of people that God had promised them, they're already living in the promised land. They're trying to walk out their victories, and none of them even have a sword. They've only got two guys, Saul, who's going to be the new king, and his son, Jonathan. They're the only guys that even are trained for battle and have a sword and know what they're doing. There was a whole nation that didn't know how to be warriors and didn't even have weapons. There are times when I think there are seasons in the church where that's actually a picture of what goes on in God's family and in his people. Somebody in leadership will pray for me. Somebody else will show up to serve that, that day when we're doing the outreach or doing whatever needs to be done. I don't, I don't have to worship. They sing loud enough for both of us. Man, when we say those things, we're essentially saying, I don't have any weapons. I'm just here because everybody else is. You guys okay with me saying that? That's not to disparage anybody because we all have a part to play in this. If you read the rest of the story, God actually provided a supernatural victory for the Israelites. The, the Philistines started to scatter. They went in and plundered the enemy. They took all the stuff from the enemy. They had swords after that. When, when God gives you the victory and he puts a weapon in your hands, then you get to train and learn how to use it so you can fight the next victory and win the next battle. Um, they just had to learn to use them. And I believe for us, God already provided a victory for us through what Jesus did on the cross. And he's put things in our hands that we just need to use them. We need, we need to grow into being able to do the things that God has given us to do. When we grow in our individual relationship, then we can grow together. 
When those people plundered the Philistines and they each got a sword, they began to grow in their skills and their abilities. And the next thing you know, God had an army that could go out and conquer other places. So here's what I would like us to do for our action item this week. And you don't, you don't have to do this all in one week, but read a book. Is that okay to, to ask people to do on a Sunday morning? And like comic books maybe don't count. Something that has more pictures than words, maybe not. Find something, and especially the Bible. If, if you haven't picked up the Bible to read it in a while, start there. But do you know it's, it's okay to read books about the Bible or things that will help us grow? You know, it's, it's actually okay to read books that maybe are just telling you things that you need to grow as a person. Where, where is an area that God's asking me, I need to grow? that he's putting his finger on saying, hey, this is, an, this is a place where I want you to grow a little bit. Find a resource or something that will help you do that. Um, and don't just, I know I put up there plan to read a book. Don't just plan, follow through and actually do it. Like, how many of you have great plans? It's, I've, I've got all the great plans in the world of how I'm going to grow and improve my life and do these different things, but following through on it is what makes a difference. Uh, and I'll, I'll put one last plug for signing up for a group today. Because that could be a great place. Sign up in a group, get connected in relationship with somebody, and ask them, hey, will you help me be accountable with reading a book this month, this year? How, how often should I say that? If you haven't read a book from high school, reading a book this year could be a big deal. Whatever it is, find somebody to be in relationship. Say, help me do this together, because we all need to grow. Um, let's go ahead and stand in this place today. So after service, when we dismiss, uh, there, there'll be some people out in the foyer, our life group leaders, that they'd love to chat with you about what their group is going to talk about, what they're going to do, uh, help sign you up for that. Uh, it, I just know it's valuable to be connected in a place where people know you. You can get, even, even where we are right now, post-COVID, you can still get lost in a crowd where you can just come and be here and nobody ever knows who you are or how you're doing. But when you're in smaller settings where people actually know your name and they're connected with you, uh, it helps us to grow. It helps us experience the family of God in new and different ways. So I encourage you to take advantage of that. Uh, get in a group and find some family today to do life with. And I'll also say if, if you're here today and uh, maybe you've never actually started a relationship with Jesus. You don't know what that looks like or you know, we're talking about how do I grow. I haven't even started. This is a great day to start. You just, you just put your faith, put your trust in Jesus. God, I believe that Jesus was the Savior, that he died on the cross for me, and I need him to be the Lord of my life. And in that moment, something comes alive in you, you believe, and you start a journey where you get to grow. If you need to do that today, uh, there'll be some people up front here. Stephen, Karen, thank you for being up front and on time. Uh, Come tell them. They'd love to hear that story. Or if you need prayer in any other way, come see them. And uh, they'll make that happen today. But I want to pray for us before we leave and dismiss from this moment. Father, we come before you right now. We're grateful that you sent Jesus. <laughs> that you sent Jesus not to just live 2,000 years ago and, and die on the cross and raise again. But Jesus is still here right in our lives and we're grateful for that lord thank you that you've never abandoned us or left us and god i ask right now that you would continue to be present even as we leave this moment let us leave just with a sense of knowing 
that you are right with us everywhere that we go, that your presence surrounds us, that your goodness overwhelms our lives. Lord, let us be ones that live in such a way that other people see Jesus through our lives. Help us to be ones that love people well. God, we love you today. We honor you. We thank you for what you've done in this place and what you're going to continue to do in us. And we give you glory now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing to worship together before we go. Uh, as this song ends, you're free to go. You're free to dismiss. You're free to go out in the lobby and, and find somebody to sign up for a group or just chat for a while. But thanks, guys, for listening. God bless you, and have a great afternoon.